When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Established 2019. Direct from the North Wales coast. His verbal skills... Definitely outweigh his wrestling ability. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Warm welcome. It's episode 26. Didn't think we get to 26 as quick as we have, but we have done. Been striking my lines hot. From January onwards this year, and it, it's it's brilliant. It's going really well. I'm really enjoying it. Loving the feedback. Thank you very much, guys. It means a lot across all the platforms. I think we're doing quite a lot of good numbers now. So yeah, it's it's brilliant. Just to thank you for the support. And today's guest is none other than Conor Gregory, aka Scotty Rourke, and he is one half of the Rock and Coal Express. We talk about his wrestling career in singles competition and his career as a tag wrestler. We also speak about his mental health battle, which was featured on the website Joe and on BBC Radio on over the airwave. So, here we go, episode 26, Conor Gregory, a.k.a. Scotty Rourke, of the Rock and Coal Express. Enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to one of Grimsby's favourite sons and wrestlers. This is Conor Gregory, a.k.a. Scotty Rourke, one half of the Rock and Coal Express. How's it going, mate? Hi, I'm not too bad, you know, trying to keep myself sane through uh, these trying times, but yeah, not so bad, not so bad, how's yourself? Just the same, same as everyone else, I think, really, just, uh, I didn't leave the house for three or four days. No. And went, went for a walk last night with the missus, but yeah, it's just, just got to get on with it, haven't we? Aye, uh, as I say, it's just a case of as long as people are uh, listening, the quicker things are over. It's just, yeah, I think people are taking notice now, aren't they? They're not... Like all, you know, just going out as and when and when they want and in groups and stuff. So yeah, it seems to have uh, people have finally got what they need to do. <laughs> yeah, I'd certainly hope so. Anyway, as you see, it's driving everyone insane. It's certainly driving me mad. Colin, my first question is: When did you begin watching pro wrestling? So I originally got into wrestling when I was very, very young. So it was something that. Uh, 
me and my mum would sit down and watch after Cartoon Network. They used to show WCW. Their uh, Cartoon Network finished at about 10 o'clock. So me and my mum would hunker down when I was about you know two or three year old. And uh, she actually bought me my first wrestling figures when I was sort of three or four. Uh, I got a Mike Awesome figure and a Goldberg figure. And they were my first two wrestling figures. Cool one, cool. Who, who did you gravitate towards? Obviously, you've said about having the figures of Mike Awesome and Goldberg, but which guys were jumping out the screen at you at the time? Oh, uh, when I was watching WCW when I was a kid, I absolutely I loved Sting. Like, I loved the I loved the makeup, I loved the costume, I loved the gimmick. Like just this big, like this big goth with the big black bat. Which matches captivated you on screen? What what, what drew you in? See, I, when I was really, really young, it was it was never the sort of it was never really about the matches. So I can't really remember a lot of matches from uh, from being young. It was more about like, the characters and, and the wrestlers themselves. But when I sort of when I was I don't know about eight or nine years old, I got really into it, and I was I was watching loads of tag wrestling. So like uh, watching you know the old TLC with the the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, and Edge and Christian. Cool, man. Cool. Right, I'm going to fast forward a bit here now. When did you begin training? So, I began wrestling training after I got my black belt in freestyle martial arts. So, I got my black belt when I was 16, and uh, I started training just before I turned 17. When did your first match occur, obviously after training? (laughs) So, my first match, um, it was... So the, uh, the school that I was with was was a, a really sort of small like local school, and they never they never really ran big shows. It was more for like the family of like the trainees and stuff. So I, my first show was maybe like three or four months after starting training, which is absolutely insane now that I think back on it and now that I look on it because obviously after three or four months, like you know how to take a bump, but like you don't really you know what you're doing. So like it was really a case of being thrown in the deep end and seeing how you could hang. Was that was that in Grimsby? Yeah. <laughs> so it was local for your first one. Yeah. What? Very very small shows. Very very sort of like packed crowds. Well, I think it was. As I say, it was mainly just family and friends of sort of the workers and the uh, the other trainees. So it was like I don't know, maybe eighty, which yeah, maybe eighty odd people, but it was, it was all like family and friends. Still, still a decent number, that Connor. You know, you know when you say 80, 80 people there. Oh yeah, I know. Like, I, honestly, like, I, I was—I came out of that curtain and I was breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did them? Um, how did you develop your style? And obviously, you're in the ring at three or four months after training. How did you craft your style in the ring? Uh, so I'd say that uh, like I never really sort of honed in on um, a style of wrestling until I'd been training sort of a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, Really, so it was sort of like the, the, the birth of BWR, which is a British Wrestling Revolution, with, uh, the the main, well, the only sort of Cleethorpe-based wrestling promotion we have now. Uh, that sort of that's coming up to its three-year anniversary. Um, but yeah, it was it was only when that sort of started that I started to uh, hone in on a style or a craft. So so. When did you become a tag wrestler? Did were you were you singles for a bit, or did the tag team come together quite quickly? So yeah, um, I was. I think we we, did, we ran a few shows where uh, I was wrestling as a singles competitor, and then they put me in a storyline with uh, Reese Ryan, 
who at the time was like they kind of tied me into the storyline he was having with Cole Quinzel. They were having like a feud for the rights to the name the Teenage Sensation. Um, so I kind of I kind of got dragged into that and involved in that um, after he interrupted my band that were opening a show, uh, and it ended up like. We me and Cole got partnered together, and then Reese Ryan picked his mystery tag partner, and the, the tag thing kind of took off from there. Did you did you find it easy doing the tagging, or did it take a bit bit of work getting you know getting established and what have you? Well, me and Cole have now been like now we've been sort of working tags together for like the best part of two years. Um, it, it was a, it was a change to what I was sort of used to, but then as I say, like I grew up absolutely in awe of tag wrestling like tag wrestling was my absolute favorite sort of like thing to watch so uh, it was it was amazing sort of being able to tag with someone um and, and have an actual sort of team which which as i say we, we kind of developed a, a friendship from there and now cole is like one of my best mates so it's being able to do what we love doing the most with like somebody who's practically like my little brother cool man that's cool that's 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 really, really cool. What, um, who, you've seen about tag teams, obviously you're in awe of tag teams. Which tag teams did you idolise? Was it guys currently at the time or was it older tag teams from way back when? See, I got really, really into it when I was um, sort of in, it was like junior school. So my uh, junior school era was, um, it was the Hardy Boys, but it was also like the second generation of DX you know when they came back and it was all kind of PG so sort of watching like Shawn Michaels and Triple H and then watching like Jeff and Matt Hardy <clears throat> like they were they were the sort of teams that stuck out to me I remember going on the uh, WWE website at school as a kid and getting told off for watching uh, old DX videos like <laughs> <laughs> uh, where Aside from BWR, where else have you and Cole been booked as a tag team? And like, you know, how far how far in the UK have you gone out? So me and Cole, as I say, we get so we work um, BWR in Cleethorpe. We work that quite regularly. We are uh, the three-time BWR tag team champions. Like we are practically the face of the tag team division in Cleethorpe, which is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, but uh, we, we got booked. I think one of our first externals was uh, NGW. We uh, performed a Proving Ground show. Um, that was just outside of Hull, Beverly. Uh, from that, we then got bookings for a company that's no longer around, 3CW. Uh, we worked, is it Stockton on Tees? Um, and then like, over the past year or so, we've, we've done rise in leeds we've done tidal uh we've done north up in newcastle we had a couple of dates down in colchester for wrestle force we, we wrestled inside a circus tent like that was absolutely meant uh we've done a charity show in manchester and before lockdown happened we had uh, we had more dates for north and for tidal but we were actually booked to debut at tnt in liverpool and that was a promotion that like me and cole really wanted to work for it's a quite it's quite a list of places you've you've uh, you know wrestled for fair play very very good oh, yeah. that we're trying to get our name out there trying to get out there and uh, say hang with the big boys if you like and I think like obviously the amount of places as well that, that, that you know there is now the amount of promotions out of the UK 
there's always places for you to go, isn't there? Honestly, mate, it's insane. Like the absolute, like the absolute dream is to, is to just like tour as much of the UK as we can. Like, I, I love being out on the road, um, especially like with the boys. Which which talents have you locked horns with in the promotions? So me and Cole have uh, wrestled the anti fun police uh, a number of times. So uh, Chief Deputy Dunn and uh, Los Santos Federales Jr. Um, we've also wrestled uh, Jody Flash and Johnny Storm. That was like genuinely such a big learning experience for the pair of us. It was absolutely insane. Uh, we wrestled um, Fraser Thomas and Rufio, the Lost Boys, and uh, Deadly Sins from all the way from New Zealand. That was mental. Uh, but uh, sort of mo- more recently, back in November, me and Cole wrestled Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, just to go back to BWR, how did you both feel winning the Tag Team Championships for the first time? I know you've had free reigns with the belt, but what? how was the first time when you finally got, got the titles? How did it feel? The, the first time was, was genuinely such a, an overwhelming, like, euphoric feeling because it was it was a case of like, all this build and all this, like... Because it, it was a tag team tournament, so the finals ended up being me and Cole versus uh, GBH, uh, I don't know if you're aware, it was uh, Kip Sabian, Robbie X and Blake, they were the little stable, originally sort of, uh, they, they were a stable in Southside, but wrestling like Kip Sabian and Robbie and Blake was absolutely amazing, uh, so facing them in the final was great, and then like, it, it's that feeling of, I don't know how much a company believes in you and sort of has faith in your products to carry their tag team division like as, as tag team champions <clears throat> well as any champion really like you end up being the face of a part of the company and having like knowing that BWR as a promotion had all that faith and belief in me and Cole was absolutely phenomenal but like really overwhelming I think me and Cole cried in the middle of the ring as each rain have you had different feelings with each reign that you've had? Or does, it, or does it always feel the same when you've obviously when you got the titles back the two other times? How how did it feel winning it, winning them again? Well, again, it's uh, I think sort of the the first time we dropped the belts, we dropped them to um, Rory Coyle and Erin Jacobs, and uh, that show actually got put short because Cole got really seriously injured during that match. Um, and he had sort of six months out but then when he came back and made his like big triumphant return I had like six months of working singles matches again so having his big triumphant return and, and, and winning the belts back after he made his like sort of recovery from injury was an amazing feeling because it was like I don't know after having six months on my own it was like having like my other half back cool man no, that's that's cool. It's cool that they're like you've had, you know, the fact you've had free reigns as well. It's a testament to the two of you, I'm sure. Oh, like completely. Honestly, like I'm 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 in shock as it is that uh, they they put the belt on us in the first place. So I know for a fact that we weren't the company's first choice uh, where that was concerned, but the fact that they we we kept sort of bettering ourselves and. I don't know, blowing them away every time we went out there sort of is a, is a testament to ourselves, I think. I think actions speak a lot louder than words. Now, I've still got plenty to ask Connor, a.k.a. Scotty Rourke, but let's just take some time for our sponsors. 
Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. This is Bill Apter. And in my book titled, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. You can find out all the backstage stories. What is Vince McMahon really like? What's Triple H really like? How about my relationship through the years with Ric Flair, the American Dream, Jerry the King Lawler, and much more? Go right now to Amazon.com or any place you buy your books and look for Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken by Bill Apter. See you at the matches. Connor, I'm going to shift topic now, and it's uh, I'd like to if if you'd like to talk about it, I'd like to touch upon your mental health battle and your your experiences. If if you'd like to you know share it with the listeners, if that's okay. Yeah, by all means, man. I'm a, I'm an open book. You know, I've always worn my heart on my sleeve, and I think the more people that talk about it, the uh, the more it gets out there, and the more seriously things are taken, the more people understand, the better it is for the world. How how were you contacted by BBC Radio One for the free part documentary? How wrestling saved my life. How did that come to fruition? So I remember waking up one morning. It was uh, back when I lived at my mum's house, and I had a DM on Twitter. Uh, it was just from a guy that uh, said that if I wouldn't mind answering a few questions for his article, um, then uh, I could get, like if I could spare him a few minutes, it'd be wonderful. So I was like half asleep answered these questions and uh, it ended up being a big article on geo.co.uk um, and it ended up reaching like 2.4 million like views if you like on this specific article and uh, from the back of that I was contacted by someone that works for Radio 1 uh, I got an email um, basically just saying um, that they had this project uh, Life Finds A Way and they wanted to do different segments, different sort of activities. There was someone running um, a mental health story within the music scene. There was someone running mental health stories within sort of uh, football. And they found they thought that wrestling was like ideal, really. So I got contacted, and uh, they wanted to work closely and exclusively with me because of how sort of open and honest I was over this article. What did what did you and Cole take away from doing the series? Uh, it was quite it was quite funny actually because it was it was pretty much a case of um, they'd follow us round um, or like someone would follow us round on like the day of the show or um, and then for a couple of days afterwards and we'd just be going about like our normal sort of routine but like I'd have to sort of speak people speak the the person with the uh, recorder sort of through what was going on so like walking into a venue and, and describing what I saw and you know like shaking hands with everyone and then even after the show um, like we'd, we'd get all the backstage stuff that we could and then after the show we'd like we'd sit down in my living room and we'd talk about what happened the night before so it, it was really really cool and I think it was really really sort of uh, not not intrusive but like it was very personal um, and I think the things that me and Cole took away from that, I think it brought us closer together, not only as friends, but as a tag team. Like, you, you can't sort of fake that chemistry and that connection. That's cool. Thanks for thanks for being honest and open with that. I I, I thought, I'm going to ask it, but yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that. Honestly, no worries. That's, uh, no, no, I, like, I like the fact that you've uh, spoken about it there. Just to go off topic again, we're going to go back onto wrestling uh, fully. Um, do you manage to watch... 
Merch wrestling on the box. Uh, I try and I try and keep up with uh, all the the pay per views. Um, so I don't I don't religiously sort of watch Raw and SmackDown every week, but like I know for a fact that it's it's WrestleMania this Sunday. So I'll definitely be tuning into that. I mean, the the bar that I work in, uh, yeah, my my super legit job is I'm just a humble little barman, but we're a sports bar and we show like all of the WWE pay per views. So even if I'm not working uh, for the show, I'll definitely be like at the bar, sort of sat watching. I try and keep up with it as best as I can. And I was following uh, AEW sort of religiously for, for the first couple of months, but then sort of work got in the way. Yeah, the. The answers differ from you guys in the business, you know. Some some do keep tabs on it all, and others don't. So yeah, I always I tend to ask that question quite a lot, Connor. No, un- understandable. I know I know some some people sort of. I think when when you when you wrestle yourself and when when you are a sort of professional wrestler, it does definitely change how you see things and how you watch things because you, you're no longer sort of watching through the eyes of a fan. Uh, it's, it's, it's an odd feeling. Um, I remember uh, me and a couple of the BWR lads did a ring hire job in TMT uh, in Liverpool. And being able to sort of sit and, and watch the show from, like, well, watch the show as a fan from the house was, like, amazing. And I got in the van afterwards and I was like, I don't remember the last time I sat and watched a full live show um, sort of from like the audience perspective it was mental so never never take them moments for granted then when they when they come up no completely exactly and, and honestly like it was it was a case of I, like, I fell in love with wrestling all over again from, from watching live shows um, because obviously as I say I've not done it I've not been able to sit and watch it for a while because I'm usually sort of backstage so being able to watch a show in full and watch how it all develops and, and all the rest of it like honestly the storytelling like it just, as you say, makes you fall in love with it all over again. Are the current world crop of wrestlers who would you like to face? You know, say, you know, play like your dream match, if you would. Uh, well, I mean, wrestling grizzled young veterans was an absolutely amazing experience. Like wrestling the first ever WWE UK NXT Tag Team Champions, like that was like an experience within itself. I actually got a chance to sort of train at Fighting Spirit for sort of six months when I was back at uni. So I trained under like Zach Gibson and James Drake for a while, so, and, and having the um, having the opportunity to wrestle them was absolutely phenomenal. I would love nothing more than for me and Cole to do a, like a big indie fest match with Young Bucks. They're they're incredible. They got I, I tell you this fair play to them as well. The amount of years they've been doing it. Honestly, yeah, like absolutely, sort of like major respect and major props to them. They are genuinely a credit to the craft. I'm, I'm thinking back. Obviously, they were big on the independence over there, but like when they were Generation Me and TNA, they <laughs> they tried to make the best of it, didn't they? But yeah, honestly, some of my favourite. It sounds really odd because, as you say, they tried to make the best of it. But some of my favourite Young Bucks matches were uh, when Generation Me went against the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. It's. I think they had. They had to be themselves, didn't they? They couldn't. Uh, yeah. It, it, there was constraints on them, wasn't there? Obviously, from uh, management, you got to do this, you got to do that. But yeah, I think it was for the best them leaving now when when they did. When when we look back, and I think it it's. Uh, I think it boosted sort of their um, 
product more than anything, and, and it made them realise what they wanted to do, um, and, and helped them sort of realise they didn't want to have those sort of corporate ties, if you get what I mean, and, and those restrictions, as you say. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask this. You've kind of answered it already, but I'm going to ask it. So I've got it written down here. Which which tag teams would you like to tear up with internationally? I know you've said a couple of tag teams. Is there any other tag teams you'd like to do it with? Uh, internationally, as I say, um, the Young Bucks are a big one. Uh, I'd love to go up with. Um, oh, I can't remember what they're called now. Um, AEW tag team, uh, Private Party. That's the one. Yeah, they've not not been on. They've not been on as much recently. Private Party. No, I know, but um, as I say, seeing them um, when AEW first kicked off, like some of their sort of combos and the way they move in the ring was so slick. Um, so uh, so uncensored as well. Yeah. Because I, I used to watch TNA when I was a kid. I used to watch that on my nana. So seeing like Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, like growing up, like it'd be amazing to be able to sort of step in the ring with them. Some, some of the oldest vets in tag wrestling there. Oh yeah, 100%. And like, you think of how much you'd be able to learn from that experience, it'd be mental. I'm just going to segue from, from what we've been speaking about. What, what are your thoughts about WrestleMania going ahead Saturday and Sunday evening? What are your personal thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think it's sensible for it to go ahead. Um, I mean, as I say, it's like... WWE is the longest sort of standing show ever to exist still. So, like, the fact that they're sort of sticking to schedules and, and sticking to, like, the biggest shows they have, I think it's it's, it's amazing. It's, made, it's certainly making the best of a bad job because, obviously, COVID-19 has ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. Uh, I think it's certainly going to be weird... Um, just seeing it in the performance centre and, and having sort of no crowd response and having no sort of massive theatrics but I'm eager and excited and also a little bit anxious to see how they pull it off I think um, I was reading this morning some of it some of it will be shot live it's not all just uh, being pre-taped so it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what live stuff actually goes, goes on and, and which stuff's pre-taped yeah, that's that's another thing as well. I, I remember seeing that some of it was going to be pre-taped, and I was a little bit like, yeah. But uh, as I say, I'm eager and uh, full of anticipation for it. Really, like Mania is is the big thing every year. Like even at the pub that I work at, um, there's always like we we do a big WrestleMania party. We have uh, fancy dress competitions. We have cosplay competitions. We have big pub quizzes leading up to WrestleMania. We have promo offs. It's insane. I love it. Which matches are you looking forward to? Edge and Randy Orton, like hands down. Uh, I think that is that is going to be like my my child, my inner child coming back out again. I mean, when Edge returned at Royal Rumble this year, I shed a tear because, as I say, as I grew up with that sort of generation, like the ruthless aggression era was was the era that I sort of grew up in. Um, so seeing Edge come from like Edge and Christian working some of my absolute favourite tag matches to going on to becoming like the rated R superstar. Um, I even remember watching his farewell speech live um, and and getting upset as a kid. So seeing him return and, and seeing him at WrestleMania go against Randy Orton is going to be insane. I was there for his, uh, well, what we thought was his last match against Del Rio. I was in Atlanta for that. 
absolutely really? absolutely incredible inside that stadium I tell you what as well I go back to it the venue itself obviously it's been knocked down now it was there was nothing wrong with that venue it was still pristine inside you know years it'd been up for years um, amazing but it was uh, it was it was crazy man in the uh, great uh, people I think people class it as underrated as a Wrestlemania that one I heard a lot of oh, mo- yeah, 100%. I heard a lot of moaning from people, but you get that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, wrestling fans are the first to critique wrestling, aren't they? So yeah. Connor, could you plug your social media, please, for the listeners? So on Instagram, my handle is Rock and Wrestling. That's R A W K N W R E S T L I N G. And on Twitter, I am at Scotty Rock RNC. Cool, man. Cool. So that's where the listeners can get you. And I'll uh, I'll be keeping a close eye on what you're doing when it's all back up and running and the calendar and everything. There's events on. I am so excited for how hot the British wrestling scene is going to be because I feel like everyone has got so much like amped up excitement from being locked up inside their own houses. And I feel like everyone's going to come out of this with... A better, well, like, a, a, like an absolute die-hard attitude and, like, everyone's got something to prove. Connor, thank you very much for coming on. Scotty Rourke, thank you very much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. It's been a pleasure, mate. Honestly, the pleasure's all mine. Any time, bud. Big thank you to Mike Angus for the show intro, as always. Superb, superb. Chris Dutton, thank you very much for editing once again. Appreciate it, buddy. And also to Lee, who does my website. Lee puts the stuff up on the website. Without you guys, I'd be screwed. So once again, as always, appreciate everything you do for me and the time you spend doing the things you do for me. It means a lot, guys. Also, a special thank you to Connor for allowing us to use his band's track, which is Orphan, and the track name is Phil, which is available on all good streaming sites. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.